Welcome to Fear the Wave. This is the Fear the Wave Cast Conference Championship Preview Edition with the Captain Nick Anderson, Jimmy Ordno, Jake Weinstock, and I'm your host, Kelly Camarda. One more for the boys this year. Uh, SMU is coming to town um, without their quarterback, but um, with a a point to prove in their last game ever in the American Athletic Conference. Nick, you played in this game last year. Um, obviously, a lot of emotions flying through the kids' heads this week. Um, you know, take us through what, what you went through last year and, and what's going through the guys' heads right now. Most definitely, man. Uh, last year was – was crazy going into conference championship week. You know, um, news dropped Sunday evening that Coach Fritz had got hired at Georgia Tech, um, and it was a big uproar with that. And I ended up calling a team meeting for Monday morning at 5 o'clock because we started at 6. And everybody came in, and everybody was, you know, kind of, you know, worried about, okay, is Coach Fritz going to do this? Coach Fritz going to do that? And I just told him, I was like, guys, like, you know, all love for Coach Fritz, but Coach Fritz hasn't played a single snap this season. You know, we have been the guys that's been playing. We've been the guys that's been executing this year. You know, regardless of, you know, who's coaching on Saturday, if Pratt got to call offense and I got to call defense, we're going to win a conference championship. You know, that's what we've started off with. That's what we've um, worked for. That's what we've, you know, that's been our mantra. That's what we set out to do. Um, and so, you know, regardless of everything that's going on right now in the media, I feel like those guys, you know, have that in the forefront of their minds is really going out there and playing for the conference championship. You know, it's something that you can't take for granted. You know, only maybe 20 teams are playing this weekend, um, only 10 games and, you know, only 10 guys are going to be victorious. And to be in one of that 10 is something that you can't take for granted, and especially to do it back to back years. Um, it's something that those guys I know are going to take pride of and really ignore the noise and just go one and no again this weekend. Well, Nick, following up with you a little bit after the game uh, on Friday of last week, you were, you talked to the team briefly in the locker room and you took off your conference championship ring or, or your cotton bowl ring, whichever you were wearing and said that, you know, that was last year. This doesn't matter. Uh, and you told the guys to sit with it for a little while to get in the stadium earlier this week to get, get comfortable and sit with the environment for this weekend. What did you mean by that? Most definitely. Um, Just wanted to show those guys that, you know, there's been a lot of uproar this season about, you know, the expectations that were put on them because of how the team was last year. And really just trying to enforce that they are a different team than the team last year in a positive way. Those guys are 11-1. and one. You know, they're continuing history. Instead of building history and creating it, they're continuing it and also con- – creating their own history. That's why I wanted to tell them at this point, my conference championship ring from last year is an antique. It's time to go get a new one. It's time to, you know, set yourself apart. You know, you're able to do something that nobody so far has been able, I mean, is alive to say that they've done for two-lane football. So really take pride in that. You know, I told them, I said, go to the stadium and look at the banners, you know, go to the stadium and walk the field, visualize it, pray on the field, you know, take advantage of this. Like this is, History being made, you're a part of history. It's historic what you guys are going to do on Saturday. So don't take any second for granted. You know, you're going to look back a year later, especially to the seniors, and it's going to pass by because, I mean, like you said, it's been a year since we played, and it doesn't seem that long ago. So that's why I was just telling those guys, really 
don't stress yourself out. You've worked your tails off for 365 days to get the opportunity to play this game and play for a conference championship in the American. Don't take any second for granted. Enjoy this week. Enjoy the whole process. Take it in. Um, and just go out there and give it your all on Saturday. It's going to be an amazing environment. Um, everybody often asks me, you know, what was, you know, my favorite part of the year last year? And everybody thinks I'm going to say the Cotton Bowl and beating Caleb Williams. But the reality is my favorite part of last year was winning the conference championship. You know, seeing the students be able to rush the field. You know, seeing the fans be ecstatic that we just, you know, did something that we really set out to do. You know, everybody talks about the Cotton Bowl, but without the conference championship, we don't go to the Cotton Bowl. And they're in a similar, you know, ordeal this year to where, you know, in order for them to go to a New Year's Six Bowl, they have to win on Saturday. So the conference championship is something that shouldn't be overlooked. Um, and it's something that, you know, every team in the nation starts the season by saying they're going to win a conference championship. It's on everybody's goal board each year. And y'all are, are about to accomplish that goal on Saturday. So don't take any second of that for granted because it's not promising anybody. Jimmy, in order to get that conference championship, we're going to have to go through SMU. Um, SMU had their entire offensive line make the first or second team, all-conference team, I believe, this week. Um, but they do have – they're not without their, their weaknesses. Talk about what you see from their offensive line and where Tulane can possibly exploit them. Yeah, look, I, I, I think a lot of times – you know, to the to the victors go the spoils, and I mean, of course, we we enjoyed that too. We had eighteen guys make teams, um, but you know, I I don't know how much sports writers watch offensive line play. What I can tell you is they're pretty good in the interior. Their middle three uh, are going to be tough. Patrick and and the boys are going to have to work hard in there. Um, but you know, they're vulnerable at tackle. Um, they have um, they had two guys going for a while. One of them got benched. Um, younger guy came in. I think he's, he's a little better, but not much. And then, uh, the other guy got hurt and he's out, I believe. And so the guy who got bench is going to be back in the lineup. But, um, I think this is a game where, where, um, defense is going to have to cook a little bit. And, and, and I think they can, they can have success. I mean, it starts with stopping the run. Everything we do, whether it's last year or this year, uh, is to make the opponent one dimensional. You know, I think, We've held, and, and SMU's got a really good running attack. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know we've held nearly every opponent under 100 yards rushing. It's probably seven or eight at least, and I expect more of that. If you make them one-dimensional with a with a young quarterback, he's got a tendency when he feels pressure instead of stepping up and through pressure, he tends to drift back, which. If you have a weak tackle play, that's a problem. Speed with with a speed rush around the end, he, he you know we may see him run into some of that pressure deep in the pocket a few times. Um, so I look, I I think you make them one dimensional. You know they might get a couple shots. They they they're very athletic on the outside. Quarterback's got a great arm, and that's what they're going to want to do. They're they're not going to want to you know we, you and I I think talked about this offline, Kelly. But I mean they're not going to want to count on a young guy going 12, 14 play drives. They're going to try to take shots and, and, you know, but we've been very good defending shot plays all year. And, um, you know, but, but if you can make them one dimensional and, and get after them, uh, I really like your chances uh, to, to, to hold them, you know, put it this way. And, and I'll, you know, to put it in context, you look at the two teams they lost to, they didn't score very much in either of those games. Those teams are the teams that are most comparable to us on defense on their entire schedule. You know, I think East Carolina is a very talented defense, but East Carolina's quarterback play was such that 
it don't matter how talented your defense is. If your quarterback's turning the ball over and making short fields, et cetera, you're going to give a bunch of points. And that's basically what happened in that game. And so, you know, you know, Oklahoma, I'm not saying, you know, I don't know if we're better than Oklahoma tech TCU, but we, we're certainly in the same, you know, class of opponent versus a lot of these other teams that they feasted on. So it's a whole different, um, whole different uh, ball of wax for those guys coming in versus what they've seen in most of the rest of conference play. And I look forward to the opportunity to watch our boys get after their boys up front. Well, and when uh, Tulane has the ball, Jimmy, uh, um, how does our offensive line match up with their defensive front? Now that's a little different. You know, I, I look, we have a very good offensive line, um, but uh, you know, and, and I think playing at the right time, I think, you know, conversely, our two tackles, you know, you probably saw Ra Ra Green play his best game this past week. And, um, you know, Shadre's been solid on at either guard spot. Prince has sort of got his conditioning back, you know, since here's a top two or three center in the country. Um, and, and, you know, Cam Wire, I thought, has played better down the stretch. So, and, and you even got some depth for after that. So, I mean, you got guys uh, up front, but to their credit, you know, SMU's got guys on defense. They, they, that team that we put up 59 points against last year, I think there's something like one guy on their two deep that played last year. They totally flipped their two deep on defense. They did a really good job. They hit on a bunch of players in the portal. I think they're really athletic at defense end. They got some big boys in the middle, but you know, it, I don't know that they're, it may be as good as our guys in, in the middle of the defense, but, uh, but but they can be very disruptive around the end, and then you know they they, they play pressure. I mean, they, they they there's a lot of single high safety, so they're gonna they're gonna try to attack you with numbers. Um, they're gonna dare us to try to throw to beat them, and they're gonna try to they're gonna do like us. They're gonna try to make us one dimensional. <laughs> you know, they're gonna try to take away Makai, slow Makai down, and they've had success doing that against a number of opponents. So I mean, that to me is really, I, you know, I really like where we are in terms of our defense's ability to get after their front. Um, and as good as our office line is, I mean, the real test of the game is going to be whether our office line can hold their own against those guys and, and give us a, a credible run threat so that we're staying in, uh, you know, staying in manageable down distance situations. If, if we're, if we have run pass option, you know, we're th third and three, third and four, second and six all game long, we'll be fine. But, you know, if they stone us and we're, we're second and 10, third and nine, you know, all game long, like any other team in football, it, it becomes a lot more difficult. So that's the, ta the challenge. That's really the matchup I think is going to swing the game is is, is going to be our offensive line against their defensive line in front. Well, Jake, you know, when Tulane has the ball, um, obviously, you know, we, we keep talking about this. That, as Jimmy said, a lot of teams are daring us to throw the ball. Um but Tulane's bread and butter is, is the run, is getting the run going, getting Makai going down field, downhill and, uh, you know, and really asserting our will against against the defense. Um, how would you attack SMU? How do you think Slade Nagel, more importantly, is going to come out and try to attack SMU? Well, I think that's probably it right there. You know, I mean, this is a, a SMU defense that statistically is excellent absolutely everywhere. And I know I said that last week about – but believe it or not, these guys are better now. They've, um, you know, played certainly a different twelve-game schedule schedule than um, than we have, or than um, you know teams in in other leagues have. But you know, they 
the problem with attacking in the passing game is that they have the sixth best average in the country in terms of yards per pass attempt allowed. They're allowing six um, yards per attempt. Last week, you know, we ran into a UTSA defense that had very similar statistics. And really, while we were able to capitalize on a couple of shot plays and explosives in the passing game to Chris Brazel, um, that was it. You know, I mean, Michael was nine of 22 in that ball game. Um, I think his yards per attempt were, were under six. I want to say it was 5.5. And so that really, you know, was not a consistent option for us. Um, you know, I mean, th- this is the, the SMU defense, um, you know, excellent against the run, but, you know, I, I, we have not really seen a run defense this season, perhaps with the sole, I'd say since September, with the sole exception of FAU, who has been able to bottle up a rushing attack with with consistent success. And so while these guys are 20th in the country in yards per carry allowed at 3.4, that may be the path here. Um, you know, certainly weather could be a factor in that. And there's going to be at this as the time of this recording, it's looking like scattered thunderstorms and uh, scattered rain throughout the afternoon on Saturday. So that could that could impact opportunities. But um, man, it is really, really hard to talk about how Tulane should move the ball and should attack this defense without thinking we would be wasting an opportunity to not get another nine or 10 or, or maybe more targets for Sprazzle's way. Um, I mean, you know, folks have seen it the last two weeks, nine targets in each game, a hundred yards in each game. Um, and, you know, that has been absolutely the explosive catalyst for the offense is, is getting the ball and, you know, throwing in his direction. Um, and he has really, really stepped up in the absence of both, um, Jaquan Jackson and Lawrence Keys since those injuries in the um, in the ECU game and in the Tulsa, I suppose, warm up, respectively. And so, you know, I, I think there there should be opportunities there in the past game. Um, this is a team that that generally likes to play a lot of single high coverage, and so if the weather cooperates, if you can protect Michael, there should be. Um, opportunities for shot plays, whether or not Jaquan Jackson gets back, you know, comes back. And I, I certainly hope he'll be out there. It looked like he dressed last week, um, but didn't see any snaps that I caught. And and as people remember from, you know, the opener against South Alabama, um, you know, last season, certainly that is just such a dynamic down the field threat, which really, you know, really is Michael's strong suit is is the the deep ball. We've talked all year about how he needs to have better anticipation, timing, accuracy, um, you know, 10, 15, 20 yards downfield and under. And that's all absolutely true. But where he really, really excels is driving the ball downfield when you can protect him. But again, you're facing a pass rush that's top 10 in the country in um, a percentage of sacks, uh, relative to enemy dropbacks, so um, you know Elijah Roberts. I think at Edge is a he's an NFL player. You know he he is going to be playing in the league at some point through the twelve game regular season, eleven sacks, fifty five pressures. Um, now a lot of that certainly is playing from ahead, as um, you know as people saw last week. You know that this is a team that 
has gotten up a ton, a ton all season. Beat you know, Temple by 50 points, beat Navy by 45 points last week, North Texas by three touchdowns, um, beat Tulsa by 59 points. So, you know, it's, it, it is really easy to pa- uh, rush the passer, as, as Nick mentioned, and as we've talked about a couple of times on the show, when you have that lead, um, I don't necessarily think this is a team that's going to be up by multiple touchdowns on us this week, but uh, I suppose I suppose we'll have to see about that. Um, you know, but really, really important to stay out of third down as much as humanly possible and stay out of third and four plus as much as humanly possible when you do have to face those because um, you are facing the fourth best third down defense in the entire country with a 28% conversion rate for the opponents. So, um, you know, Kelly, if you are going to have weather where you can turn it loose and you can, you can let it rip a little bit, I do think early downs is still the path for doing that. Um, you know, but at some point, if you do need to lean on number 21 in a way that, that we saw this, this offense, um, do last year with number 22 towards the end of the season in that pivotal week 13 game 12 at Cincinnati and in the conference championship, really playing those games. Like there is no tomorrow. Um, that's, that's certainly, I think on the menu this week and, and that's never a bad option. Well, Nick, uh, let's bring you back into this to talk about a couple of things. First off, SMU, um, you have experience playing against this Rhett Lashley-led team last year, and obviously year to year, these it's a different team, obviously different uh, different quarterback. But they've had this kind of reputation for being a team that runs the runs it up against you know inferior opponents and then lacking toughness sometimes. Um, you know, when times get when when the game gets close, have you had a chance to look at SMU at all this year, and um, and just see kind of how they're playing uh, relative to how they were last year? Most definitely. Um, I I, I was able to watch SMU when they played uh, Tulsa. Um, was able to watch them when they played ECU. Um, and I watched a little bit of the Navy game last week, so I've been able to see a couple of their games. Um, they weren't a lot of similar schemes, if not the same they did last year, such as putting the formation in the boundary, um, which kind of hurts a lot of field and boundary teams, um, simply because you have to travel the nickel to the boundary in order to complete that matchup of three receivers in the boundary and have that pass matchup. For the most part, you know, like you just said, they're an explosive offense. You know, they try to jump up on you on the scoreboard um, because usually the SMU teams to pass haven't had a defense that can really carry on what the offense is dishing out. Usually they got to score a lot of points to accommodate for their defense not being able to stop anybody. Um, however, this year they have a more talented defense. Um, but, you know, like I saw against Tulsa, like I saw against Navy, that's really one of their things. I feel that they're, they're number one in the country when it comes to points scored in the first quarter. Um, and so that's why I feel like the biggest thing would be killing their momentum, really rattling the freshman quarterback. They're going to try to keep things simplistic, but also run – the different concepts they've been doing all year. But last week you saw it, you know, us being able to get a turnover on the second play of the game, that's big. Us being able to get a turnover on the third possession, another one that's big. You know, having those kind of plays in the beginning of the game will really slow down the offense that's trying to put up at least 21 points in the first quarter. So I feel like that's going to be the biggest thing. Yes, they're an explosive offense. Yes, they're one of the teams that like to run it up and, 
you know, really get things done. I feel like they're a great special teams team as well. They have a lot of guys in special teams that are, are able to make plays for them. But I feel like, you know, defense wins championships, man. That's what it goes down to. Even when looking at last year, you know, we were able to stop John Rice Plumley, um, slow him down. And I feel like that's going to be the same thing this year. You know, our offense is going to do well. They're going to do their thing, but defense wins championships. You know, as long as the defense goes out there and really sets the tone like they did last week, I see no issue with them hosting another trophy up at the end of the game. Yeah, to follow up on one thing, I mean, you know, we talked about how this year is different from last year, but there are a lot of parallels as well. And one of them being um, the other team's going to be playing a a very young quarterback. Last year, you know, they started John Rice Plumley, but you got a lot of Castellanos during that game. And uh, how is it, Nick, preparing for – a brand new quarterback knowing that they're probably going to have to, as Jimmy said, take some shots, run a couple trick plays like, like UCF did last year um, and, and establishing the run to try to help this quarterback, because it's going to be hard for him to complete, you know, six, seven, eight balls down the field and really drive the team for touchdowns. Most of this goes back to playing fundamental football. At the end of the day, when you're playing against the offense that you have, you know, very little information as far as what scheme they're planning to run that we do to injuries and things like that. It goes back to, OK, what's our identity as a defense? What do we do well at? You know, we do well at pressing the quarterback. We do well at, you know, playing man coverage and getting in different schemes um, to try to force the quarterback to make um, different decisions and force a lot of balls. And so I feel like, you know, that's really what it comes down to, just playing your style of defense and really toning in on your fundamentals because you really can't control what the offense will do. So, I mean, we played UCF last last year. They were running tonal screens, tight end screens, um, all kinds of stuff, but we just stuck to our game plan and played our fundamental defense, and they really couldn't, you know, get past us. So I feel like that's going to be the thing in the conference championship, you know, not trying to – over-prepare for everything that they're willing to dish out, but just making sure that you're fine-tuned on what you've been doing that got you here. Well, Jimmy, it's time for our predictions. Um, you know, who's going to win the game? What's the score going to be? And, and what do you see as the difference? Man, I think Tulane 31-21. Um, you know, I, I, I think – I think there will be, you know, I think their defense is really good. I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to long field them for five scores, but I, I think it's a situation in which our defense will be disruptive enough. We will, we'll, we'll do something either in the kicking game or defensively to get some short fields and easy, uh, easy score here or there, and and just sort of ride the momentum. I think, you know, we saw last year Michael Pratt played his best game in the season in this setting. Um, now, you know. You know, with especially getting, I think getting Jaquan back, getting you Keith healthier, and giving Brazo some support out there, um, it also helps Alex Brown. It helps everybody when you have field stretchers available to you there, um, particularly against the, the type of defense they play. A lot of cover three, uh, single high safety man stuff. Um, so you know, I I I I, I think. You know, unless the rain is heavier than expected and really affects the throwing game, I think we will be able to create a few explosive plays. I think we will get a few short fields. And and while they'll have their moments of success and it'll be tight for a while, I think the wave can kind of pull away and, and finish it off 31-21. Okay, Jake, your turn. Who wins? What's the score? And uh, what's the deciding factor? 
Well, you know, SMU has scored 31 or more in eight straight games. Uh, they're eight conference games, in fact, and they're eight in, oh, in those, obviously. Um, you know, averaging 39 points a game on the season. I, I really think while Kevin Jennings is a good, good player and, you know, we have a game and a half worth of, of dropbacks, um, sample size through two seasons of, of mop-up duty at the end, the numbers are impressive. Um, but to Jimmy's point, I, I think the, the way to beat a younger, inexperienced quarterback making his first collegiate start is to get in his face, pressure him, hit him. Um, you know, he his his game is going to be to get the ball out quickly. Um, you know, his average depth of target, even in that sample size, is is small. It's in the sevens. His time to throw is pretty fast. It's not. A, it's just a hair above two and a half. Um, but you know, Frank Harris had a pretty quick trigger as well. Um, and you know, last week the the front really came to play with their highest pressure mark of the season. 31 pressures in that ball game um, and really, really was a tremendous factor in that you had a, tell me if this sounds familiar, you had a very, very high powered, very successful against our league um, shotgun based offense from a school in Texas that came to Yeoman stadium and really couldn't get off, get, get going because they were pushed off center on almost every single drop back. So to me, I, I think that's, um, that's the path. That's why the scoring stays lower significantly than their season average. Um, I think Tulane wins the turnover margin, and I'm actually not too far apart from Jenny, J- uh, Jimmy. I'm going to go um, 34-24 Tulane. All right, Nick, your turn. Uh, what's the score? Who wins? And uh, and what's the deciding factor for you? Most definitely. Um, I definitely feel like SMU has – a very high-powered offense, um, but I do feel that the offense was ran like that behind Preston Stone. Um, he definitely was a key centerpiece to the offense being as explosive. Um, and although Kevin Jennings is a very talented quarterback, um, I think the lights are going to be very bright on Saturday. Um, and I feel like he will do a lot of things well in that game, but I don't feel like it's going to be enough to get the victory. Um, and I feel like the Wave is going to win 34-17. Does Dorian have a pick over there or what? <laughs> I'll ask him, man. I'll, I'll be sure to text y'all over his pick. All right. Well, uh, well, we'll let you know on Twitter who Dorian Williams picks, who's over with Nick. Um, I'm going to go with Tulane 31 to 17. I think that, uh, you know, obviously being in this game last year is really going to pay off for, for the Green Wave. Having that experience, having Michael Pratt against a, a first-time starter, is going to be uh, a huge advantage for us. I do think that SMU is a very talented team, especially on defense. But I just think that the wave is going to uh, take advantage of a couple of, of Jennings' mistakes and uh, and pull away a little bit. So I'll, I'll go with the wave 31-17. Um, check out our post-game show after the game, hopefully with a conference championship uh, sometime on Saturday night or Sunday morning, depending on how crazy the uh, celebration is. Fellas, thanks for joining us again. We will uh, see you either Saturday night or Sunday morning, hopefully with a, another conference championship. You got it, man. Roll wave. Roll wave. Roll wave. Thanks for listening to Fear the Wavecast. See you next time. Roll wave.